So we, we have a special guest joining us here today. Standing six foot seven, weighing in at a healthy 200 and something pounds. 220. The soon to be married, incomparable, only man I've ever met with a Q in his last name. The talented Logan Quinnett. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, thank you for the intro. Thanks for coming to our, this podcast, Logan. I know you have a very, very busy schedule, so I appreciate you making the time. So, like I told you, we want every guest to start off with a flex. Okay. So flaunt your stuff, baby. What are you proud of right now? Flaunt my stuff, huh? Um, for me, <laughs> man, I, uh, I'd say I'm pretty proud. i very lucky I grew up with some mentors, including my dad. So I grew up typically working for myself all the way through college. Um, so very entrepreneurial, a lot of door-to-door stuff, aeration businesses, coupon sales, all that kind of stuff. Um, was lucky enough to transition into, obviously, where I met you, the good old CTCT, the constant Love contact. Yeah. Um, did very well there as well. Um, so as you know, there's probably, what, 80 to 100 reps on the floor at any given time. Was their 2019 rep of the year. So I was able to um, put up some good numbers. Just, again, had some very good mentors, coaches, that kind of stuff in my life. The good old Jerry Bear. You're also excellent, bro. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So yeah. um, very fortunate to do well there. And then uh, luckily enough, I've learned processes and sales that I've taken to mortgages. Now I'm at currently at Rebuy Engine as well, still selling some tech. So just in a really good place, man, where I can replicate that success pretty much anywhere I go with my processes, um, sales, tones, that kind of stuff. So I guess uh, that's my flex, man. Able to carry a process anywhere I go. I love that. That is a that is a phenomenal flex. So the first place we want to start because your journey is awesome, and it's just it's riddled with success. Like everything with the like you, you, anything you touch turns to some form of gold. So let's start at the very beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. What was that first job that you mentioned? Was it the air? What, what was it? The first thing. Um, so the first one was actually selling coupons door to door for um, coupons door to door. Yeah, man. I. Uh, Funny how it worked out. I was also always kind of the guy that, like, I grew up. My parents lived on a golf course. I'd go swim in the golf. I'd go swim in the lake, honestly. I got these yeah. toes. I think you've seen along my toes are, man. <laughs> it's, more like, it's like a fish, dude. A weird fish. It's crazy, man. Yeah, but I'd walk uh, I'd walk in the water and literally, like, I'd just feel the golf balls with my toes. I'd pick them up. I'd put them in my hand. I'd put them in a bucket. Clean them off. Sell them back to golfers. That kind of stuff. And then um, <laughs> so- I was about... Yeah, when I was about 15 years old, um, through a buddy, he just, this random guy would pick us up, like very surprised my parents let me do it at the time, <laughs> up from about five o'clock, drop us back off at home at about nine, he'd just drop us off in random neighborhoods, we'd just go sell all night, and then um, when I turned 16, my dad was like, man, if this guy can do it, like, why can't you? And I was like, oh, dude, you're right. Did that so guy have a name, or was he just like a phantom that picked you up and gave you coupons and said, go sell? Well, this this guy, Chris, I just met him through a friend. Um, I mean, he's a cool guy. He's a yeah, yeah, very cool guy, but very random at the time. Didn't know yeah. him obviously at first until you get to meet him. But yeah, he'd just drop us off and pick us up when he decided to feel like it. Like sometimes it'd be like 8, 30, 9, he'd be waiting on him to pick everybody up and just pick you up in a random neighborhood wherever he took you and then take you home on a school night, you know. But uh, <laughs> taught me a lot, man. It was good. Um, so yeah, from there, I basically ended up going to merchants, you know, talking about get you guys free of charge advertising. You're going to support the the local high school in the area. We're going to hire some of those high school kids. Again, it's going to help them raise money for school, this kind of stuff. Where did you find the merchants? Um, A lot of them, I just walk into the door. Um, So I would walk into a lot of their doors. I got a few that way. But then um, 
I ended up making a partnership with a family friend who she was running a company called Select Rewards. So she would work with the coaches and then sell them on basically the same thing. They would do a different type of offer where it was smaller offers per merchant, cash off your bill. But then she would have like the football teams, right? That kind of stuff. I'll sell the, um, basically the books, right? Fundraise for new uniforms, outfits, right? Whatever they need. Uh, Um, Got to the point where I worked out a deal with her where I'd have her oversell the accounts and then promise her a buyback. So whatever the kids couldn't sell would come to me and my crew, and then we just go sell them and make that money. Obviously, explain, explain what overselling an account is, Logan. <laughs> yeah, overselling an account is, I mean, in sales, typically you get economy scales discounts the more you buy, especially with a product, right? So telling them, hey, you're going to get a cheaper price point, and then whatever you sell, right, you have a higher margin on. So you're pushing them to get that cheaper price point. And then in certain instances, if it makes sense, you can have that, um, that guarantee where it's like, hey, whatever's not sold, because maybe the coach is like, ah, like that's too much. Like our, our team can't sell that much, whatever. But again, you sell them because it's cheaper, right? Cheaper cost. They're yeah. making more margins than what they sell. And then basically those extra books, which wouldn't get sold, would come back to me and my crew. And then we'd go sell them door to door. So uh started transitioning that way into actually selling those books. And then... The sales guy over here, huh? I just noticed your little tag thing, big sales guy. That's awesome. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, that took me to the position where I actually ended up buying select rewards from her. Yeah. Um, just happened a situation worked out. So then I took that over, started selling the coaches, um, having the whole teams do the sales instead of running my crew when I was in college. And then started my own crews back up in uh, Fort Collins around that area doing just aeration door to door. So I bought aerators. I'd sell the line. Wait, hold on. So you just you had this coupon business and were you still doing this coupon business while you had this aeration business going on? Yeah, I would do that, but that was, I would just meet with coaches. So I'd have some big accounts that you just got to take the coaches out for beers, that kind of stuff, keep them happy. And then I had an employee actually creating those books for me. So it so just worked out. Wagon, bro. You were just printing money. So yeah, it opened up for me. It worked out where I had, again, more time. So that's where I just took the same door to door. I bought flags, an aerator, a truck, and basically hired some guys on Craigslist, 10 bucks a lawn. I'd go sell the lawns, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, aerate, maybe fertilizer on top too. Have the guys come behind me, aerate the lawns, and pick up cash. So that's great, yeah. dude. And yeah. how old you were? You did, were you even twenty yet, or were you still like in your teens? Um, I was probably still in my teens. I did it into my twenties. Um, I did it all the way through until I started Constant Contact. Um, Damn, why do you why do you stop? You just ran out of time doing that regular nine to five thing. Yeah, I still ran like my big accounts, but like I just didn't. I just didn't really have. I don't know if you want to call it the. I guess not drive is probably not the right word, but I just, I guess, call it time. I just don't like using time as a constraint. But uh, I just, you know, at that point, like, I didn't really need to keep that going. And then when COVID hit, that's really where I was like, oh, door-to-door fundraising is probably not the good spot at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, man, I ran all the way through until COVID is really where I ended it. Wait, it only ended during COVID? Oh, no, the camera. It only ended during COVID? Yeah, it did. So I still managed. I had some very, very large accounts um, that all I had to do is take the coach out once a year, right? Keep him happy, get him and his coaches, beers, food, whatever. Create the books, which again, I had an employee doing. And then I just go do a kickoff with the team where I go in front of the football team, tell them how to sell the books, make them come do it, sell it to me, that kind of stuff. Just get them off to a good start. So uh ran those renewals all the way until yeah, COVID put a stop on it where the coach was like, probably not thinking kids are going to be going door to door with this. And uh so no worries, totally understand, man. Moved on to the next. So are you like done with this or did you sell the whole thing to someone that was also entrepreneurial, that was also like 15, that said, fuck it, I'm going to do it? 
<laughs> I should have, man. I should have. Um, no, at that point, I just kind of shut down the business. I just said, we're good. Moving on to the next. You know, there's probably some more value could have got at it at that point, but I was just on to the next, you know? So now you do, baby. So in the narration business, what do you do with that? Is it, did you send any sell the equipment, do something with that? Are you still doing it? Yeah, I sold the, uh, I sold the aerators, um, sold the truck as well, which is super nice. Luckily it wasn't like a whole lot of overhead. That was really only things I owned for that. Mm -hmm. Um, that was always something, man, that I felt like I should have taken further. And the only reason I didn't is I didn't want to get into, at that point, you got to get insurances and license to actually be door to door. I was kind of doing it more under the table, you know, making that cash, but it's a very, very good opportunity, man. Interesting. Interesting. Bro, you so you're always anytime I talk to you, I'm just like every time I hear the story, I've heard it before. I'm just like, damn, bro. I when I was in my teens, dude, I was playing Super Smash Brothers poorly. That's all that's all I was doing, man. I wasn't selling door to door. I was playing Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. Sometimes I play Kirby Air Ride. So you know a lot of respect on the way that you attack money. So now you're done with the air rating. You're done with select rewards. Did you get what? What degree did you get from college? Uh, marketing and entrepreneurship. Cool. So just bachelor's. Tracks. But, uh, that that uh, tracks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then you go from there, and then you drop. Is your first job constant contact? Your first nine to five working for working for I a mean, wage? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had some other little things I did in there as well. Like I did Cutco. I did some financial advising, like that kind of stuff. But like. First, like I call it like a big boy job working for like a manager and, you know, chain above, chain above, right? That corporate kind of environment. Yeah. Constant contact was certainly my, my first go at that. So perfect. We got that in common. Look at us. We ended up in the same place and I was playing Kirby Air Rides. <laughs> so uh, that, works out, man. It works out. Works the way it's supposed to work. So then you became rep of the year. I remember when I started Constant Contact, I didn't realize you'd been there for three months and there was like a collection of y'all. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> Anna and like one other person where I just wanted to be like you guys because you were just smashing sales and I was always just like hovering at a hundred or like a hundred and five for the first sure. yeah, yeah. like the whatever it was. So tell me how like you just quickly hit the ground running and then eventually like it was your first full year you were rep of the year, right? Yeah, my first full year I ended up being rep of the year. Um I think I started that previous like October, November. And then so, yeah, that following year twenty nineteen is where I actually Took it. Um, but for me, man, it was a really good journey. Um, again, I'm super, super lucky. I had Jared as my manager, probably one of the best sales coaches, managers I've had, just really, really good at understanding who the rep is as an individual and how to take their qualities, what they're good at, and take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, so just very fortunate to have that type of environment and support. Obviously, Constant Contact puts you through very, very uh, thorough training as well. Process, yeah. calls, dials, right, all that stuff. So very good spot there. Um, for me personally, though, what helped me have success is like just in learning as much as I honestly could at first. Like every single day I was listening, even in the gym, I was listening to other reps calls, Colin O'Brien, Chris, Jacobs, right? All those guys. I would just listen to their call, their flow, their tone, how they'd go through it. So I really just tried to absorb as much information of like what successful people are doing. Um, and then for me, it was just about following the process and then that consistency. I think um, what really sets me apart is I'm very, very consistent. I follow the same process every single time. It's one dial at a time, one call at a time. It's really just maximizing what you have in front of you at that very time and then doing the same thing every single day and repeating it. Um, so for me, the consistency has always been my success. It's not like I have crazy amount of sales one day and low. It's always very, very consistent. At the end of the day, you look back and like, wow, that's you know pretty good. That's 
this guy's the number one rep wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it is what it is. So I am blown away that I didn't even realize you could listen to calls and constant contact for like the first, right. <laughs> you know, like, like, like the first like, eight months. I didn't really know what I was doing. I, did, I didn't know I was able to just like listen to people's calls. <laughs> I thought it was like a secret or something. So I was like, oh, I thought they just had the ones for training and that was it. So, you know, different approaches, I would say. So impressed with that, though. I didn't realize you were out there lifting weights and then pounding through. And then do you attribute getting to that rep of the year number to anything besides your consistency? Is there anything that you give, like a secret sauce, the magic formula? Um, yeah. see you, so they weren't buying because you were handsome. So there had to be something else, right? Yeah, man. I will say my secret sauce, especially towards the end of the year, is um, I think there's two things into it, but I think mindset, and I know you might have talked about this, laughed about it, but I think mindset's the biggest thing in sales. Yeah. Uh, if your mindset's not there, right? If you're not confident in the price, confident in the ask, confident in the sale, like how's the customer supposed to be, right? Yeah. So for me, especially like that actually winning that rep of the year year, um, I don't know if you remember, but like going into November and December, Tanner had me by like, you had to buy a decent chunk. Like I had to do whatever sales he did plus like 50% to beat him. Um, again, I only started November, right? So I was ramping up through the beginning of the year. He was crushing. Um, but kind of that secret sauce for me is like, I truly, I just decided that I wanted to win this and I decided that I wanted this. So for me, like that's what my mindset was like, right? So I actually visualized myself winning that rep of the year award. We we're supposed to go to Aruba. So Lawrence Cohen handing me that award, right? I'd actually sit there and I'd visualize it every day. And that was my motivation. I'd literally picture myself doing it and like why I wanted to achieve that. And so again, like for me, I think what even goes deeper into sales is like that morning routine. Yeah, how you yeah. set yourself up for that morning is how your day is going to be, right? How your day is going to be. It's how it's going to stack, how it's going to compound and how your year is going to go, right? Yeah. So yeah. doing things like that, like I guess for me in that running through November and December where I was able to smoke Tanner, beat whatever numbers I needed, plus like however much I beat him by. I remember you were you were coming in the like early early and then you were leaving late 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 like yeah. it would be like seven in the morning like correct me if I'm wrong but I remember like you being there I'd arrive I'd like stroll in at like nine and you'd be there since seven and then you were going until seven and then you're going home and you were like bloodshot eyes with like yeah, 250 dials and you're like I'm gonna win and Tanner didn't change he was like i'm gonna come in at eight and i'm gonna leave at four and i'm gonna be done and you just, yeah, yeah you doubled his production so uh, it's a numbers game man sales is a numbers game so yeah like you said at that point again i committed i said this is what i want this is how i'm gonna do it so i did everything i could i showed up at seven i dialed all day i probably left six seven p.m at night and then i went home i refreshed myself i drank water i set my mindset for the next day Told myself, hey, this is just a push. I just got to do it through the end of the year and then visualize that outcome. And then I did it every single day consistently, put up some pretty crazy numbers and uh, <laughs> won it. Crazy, dude. I remember that. I remember you seeing you bloodshot eyes and shit. <laughs> I was like, this man is an insane person. This man cannot stop. Do you have the trophy near you? I do, actually. If I move my chair. Uh, oh, wait, the trophy. Let me see the trophy. Can you see them? Uh, on the bottom shelf there. I still have, there's like three or four trophies. One's the rep of the year. One's Hell yeah. I see some of it. Some of it's covered by your name, but that's fine. I mean, I have my trophies, but they're way over there because none of them were rep of the year, bro. <laughs> it's fun, I like those little things. Like right now uh, we're doing uh, whoever sells the most launch packages in a month, you get the launch crown. 
at my current company. So of course, oh, you put that on. Why? Why is that not on while we're talking? <laughs> I can throw that on, man. <laughs> why? Why have you been wearing a hat, bro? You got to wear the launch crown.
there's like states in the country where that is like a lot like that is like the most they make <laughs> yeah, i live in colorado so it doesn't go as far here i'll tell you that forty thousand dollars is far enough bro. <laughs> for one month dude come on now I mean, to each their own, to each their own. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so you meet Marcusano, or you know Marcusano, and he's making, he's printing, he's printing not that much more money, according to Logan, at $40,000. He's doing pretty good. Um, doing pretty good. Yeah, that's where, and we can get into talking about process a little bit if you want. I'll show you how this translates across all of these companies. Yeah. But I, over there, I was crushing sales, same thing, same process, intro, discovery, recap, value press, ask for sale. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, mortgages, man, it's hell. It's uh, yeah. you sale, and now you're on the hook for other oh, DTI didn't match up. Oh, they didn't have the right income statement. Oh, they had this right. So it's just tax documents and just black or white, like little nitty gritty things. Which being in sales, man, it's not <laughs> not <laughs> I'm in sales. You know, uh, <laughs> he's not in sales for the nitty gritty, bro. He's just in the sale. Yeah, I'm in the sale, man. Helping people go from A to B, right? Achieve new things, progress, grow, right? Live in that that future state. Exactly. But, but uh, yeah, so that's the same time mortgage market tanked, right? That kind of stuff. And I honestly was just, I was miserable, man. Like miserable working, like no coaching guidance. It was all remote, trying to figure it out on my own. People losing their houses because I couldn't do it right. And I was like, this sucks. So yeah. I ended up uh, quitting that actually. First place I've actually just like quit and left. Like, dude, I, I don't want to do this. Um, Bro, if you're not succeeding there, something was going wrong. Something <laughs> yeah. was going very wrong. Yeah, for reference, the whole company actually went out of business now because the market, uh, they were uh, three, they were backed by like a $3.4 billion equity fund. And the whole entire thing dried up. They went out of business just because the mortgage market is where it's at. Interest rates are like 7%, you know? Well, that that's what went wrong, bro. Like, <laughs> the oh, one yeah. place you didn't succeed wildly literally went under. Uh huh. Uh huh. Taco. <laughs> I was liking the crown, dude. I enjoyed looking at you. I feel like it falls off my head if I move my neck. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that makes it difficult. You would look, you look like a like a Norwegian prince, a king, Norwegian king. king. Sorry, uh, Norwegian king or an Amsterdam a Swedish king. You know all those big blonde people in the Eastern or Western Europe. The Nordic, I would fit in well. You'd fit in very well, dude. You might be, I mean, you're like average height there, though. So, <laughs> so beware. You wouldn't be the tallest person there at all. So you, uh, you left this mortgage company because they went under. And then you're where you're at now, right? Um, I actually took a little time for myself first. You know, again, kind of going back to that mindset side of things is like, get your mindset right. Like, you got to be right as a person first. So that's why I went. I traveled for about eight months, did Asia, Europe. Did uh, some spiritual stuff in Costa Rica, that kind of stuff. Um, what was your favorite thing slash what was your favorite place? And then what was your favorite activity that we can mention on the podcast? Can we mention the Costa Rica stuff? Is that okay? Well, it's up to you. I don't care. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, you, not me, baby. I would say uh, my favorite place, man, was probably Thailand. Um, Thailand just, I love Thai food. So the food was incredible. You'll get like $8 massages every single day, you know. Um, Went all around, so everything from up in the north, right? You can go see elephants out in the nature, sanctuaries, down to um, going to Phuket and go surfing, you know, on some beaches, staying some Phuket? I thought it was fuck it. Uh, you can call it whatever you want, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fine. Is it not fuck it? It's Phuket. Is I it Phuket? It's yeah, I think it's Every fine. time I've looked at it, I'm like, fuck it. I want to go to fuck it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Phuket. That's fair, man. That's fair. Um yeah, call it what you want, but uh, that's probably my favorite place. Just so beautiful out there. Such nice people as well. Um, 
Favorite activity though, I'd probably say is I did this ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica for a week. Cool. And that was something that just like, I truly believe like progress is the key to happiness, right? You always want to keep progressing and growing and you're going to be happy, right? Because you're evolving your energy. Yeah. And I feel like that was able to break me out of my shell and like who I was and see myself from such a higher point of view and level. Like understanding I'm not just human, right? I'm an eternal being having a human experience, which is like changes the way you approach things and do things. So like being able to break outside of your body and like understand who you are in a higher conscious level is like for me, what just really helps and something I'm passionate about. So that was like such a nice reset, repoint to where I like was ready to re- rework again, which is then how I ended up coming to rebuy where I'm currently at. That's awesome. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's, that is something I want to experience because like I've heard like, you know, Aaron Rodgers does it. So, you know, yeah. it works, right? But, <laughs> man, no. <laughs> but like if it breaks through, it like breaks through the noise. Like sometimes I've been trying to pitch family members and friends on this as well that are like afraid to do it. But like sometimes what you have in front of you isn't enough to get you to where you need to be. Like sure. you just, you just need, sometimes you need a, a push, a push to do something. Sometimes that's the push. And it sounds like it helped you get to where you need, or not where you are, but like you were going to be number one, no matter where you went, as long as they had a company structure. But, <laughs> but like, it's, it's just a useful tool. And I appreciate you mentioning it. Cause I think it's, I think it's really cool. Um, I would say um, I, I truly help me understand like we're just energy beings, right? We're on a certain frequency based on you're basically an algorithm. So your environment, your inputs, the people around you, right? You're the kind of the combination of them, right? Kind of the average. Yeah. And that's the frequency. That's the frequency you emit. So kind of like you're saying, if you don't have what you need, right, you can't get it done. But when yeah. you do things like that, it just expands your frequency to higher consciousness. So you literally absorb and just see different things and attract different people because that's the energy frequency and vibration you're putting out there. So like breaking past that, it just changes your mind and like different possibilities and literally like changes your mind to wherever you want. Um, you are the creator, man. So put yourself in that state and create what you want, you know? God, that's so cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a cool way to exist and feel. I My favorite part about that is that you use that to be better at sales, which is crazy to me. Because like I, for me, I like if I do that, I'm not, the, the sales is the last thing on my mind. And for you, it's like I have become master salesperson logan <laughs> or with help of this and i think that's sure. awesome and i think that speaks to who you are as a salesperson i, I think how good you are at your craft and how good at like just how much you care about becoming the best at it is incredibly admirable and it's a trait i would i want like if i had to take something from you like if i could uh monster you and like take yeah, some of your powers that's the one i want i like that <laughs> I like want that huh it's that Kobe mindset, man. You got to fully immerse yourself into. You got to become that person, and then when you're in the time to to whatever it is, put yourself on that stage, you know, and be ready to do it. But you got to become that person, right? Or I can find a monster of my own, <laughs> and I can take them and I take them to you, and I absorb your powers, and they give me your powers, and then I am Master Salesman Logan. <laughs> they'll be they'll be scared by my prowess. I like that. Like that, they, everyone has their own path, and mine is through cartoons. So, use their own. So then we are. So you finish your trip, your amazing trips through eight months of me being jealous of you, uh, <laughs> traveling the whole bloody world, and just living your best life with your future wife, Lo, who's awesome. Shout out to Lo. Um, yeah. so, and then. What's next? What happens? How do we get to rebuy? 
Yeah, man. So actually part of that time in Costa Rica is I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? Just who I want to be, where I want to be, like that kind of stuff and like setting out that path in my life. And I was actually deciding between Buildium and Rebuy just because back to Nick Hind, he was the director at Retention Science. Yeah. So he ended up coming to Rebuy, which is a very small company, just having a ton, a ton of growth. Yeah. They're uh, one of those unicorns where they triple tripled and we're, we're pushing to triple this year as well, which there's only a few that have even done that. Typically people do triple, triple, double, double, something like that. But we're doing triple, 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 double, double, um, which is like on the same pace. as I think like uh, Shopify, Salesforce, you know, a couple of those other unicorns. Jeez. So I was deciding between Buildium and Rebuy and just came to the decision that Rebuy is going to help me learn new things, push me a little bit further than Buildium would, in my opinion. Yeah, And yeah. I'm very, very grateful for that. So, so grateful for the company I'm at. Um, I did come in, got to reunite with Nick, who is my old sales director, um, two of my old BDRs, uh, Gina and Ian, who are now AEs here. So I get to learn from them, work with them, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is so cool. And then we have quite a few other great AEs as well. But um, we're here. We sell the software. It's a cross-sell, upsell platform in the Shopify ecosystem. So cool. anyone that has an e-commerce store in Shopify, man, we will take your sales to the next level. Our tools are incredible. Um, so you let me know. Make quick a ad. Cool. Yeah, yeah, quick ad. Come quick find ad. Free buy engine. Uh, <laughs> it's great, man. It's a great company. I basically do demos all day. So the same thing. Typically, they're scheduled on. My calendar, I do do some cold prospecting, some, you know, lead gen of my own, that kind of stuff. But okay. as long as my calendar is filled, man, I'm taking my demos. Um, I follow the same process still, which is that intro, discovery, recap, value press, ask for sale. And I feel like that process is so, so moldable because it yeah. just gives you a structure and a frame. It doesn't tell you, you got to say this, you got to do this, right? Gives you that freedom. And it also gives you the ability because I went from enterprise sales to smaller sales to mortgages, right? Use the same process. Yeah. And you can still use that and elongate it, you know, even in like enterprise sales, if it's something where you can't, you know, do your whole discovery and demo and ask for sale in one call because they're enterprise, you can still break that up, you know, do an intro discovery recap, set another call to then recap value press demo, ask for sale, right? Do it over two calls if you need. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, for me, I brought that same process over here. It's so back to selling tech software. Um, it's a really great product, honestly. Makes my job easy. It sells itself. Um, Good name, too. Yeah, man. It's a really good name, bro. Rebuy is a phenomenal name for a for a Shopify. Is it a widget? Is it an app? What does it do? So, yeah, we're an app, but basically when you download the app, it gives you access to our widgets. So we're the only um, only app in the Shopify ecosystem that allows you to cross-sell, upsell, and air in the area of opportunity. So whether you do want to bundle or you just want to merchandise your site and show these together, or maybe use our smart cart where you can Again, make the experience fun. You can use the tiered progress bar, push people further by winning gifts, that kind of stuff. So it just really takes that experience to the next level. Um, our owners, James and John, they're incredible. They actually ran an agency um, just before they created Rebuy. And they had so many of their, their customers come in like, hey, we need this, we need this. And that's how Rebuy was created. So it was created by the needs of the merchants, which is why we're doing right so well and we're so successful. Um, so very, very good company. Shopify, like, were they setting up stores and stuff? Um, so yeah, they were, yeah, like, you know, obviously merchant stores, that kind of stuff would come to them and they would just help with whatever they need. They were the agency. Um, and again, they had so many people coming to them for this type of work. They built out the software so they can just create it for all the clients. The clients had so much success. We took off. We did just do our uh, Series A funding um, this last, I think, February. We rose 17 million as a Series A. Um, that's good money, bro. That's good money for a Series A. 
Yeah, yeah, which is cool, man. And I've got to see the growth from going from about 50 employees. We hit a little, a little over 100. Um, it's really cool to oh, see. Oh, you were an employee like 15, bro? Uh, I was actually employee number 69. Believe it or not, man. Let's go! <laughs> yeah. So, bro, you gotta ask them to make like a poster or something. I don't know. I, that'd be like that. Screw all your other accomplishments and your successes, dude. That is the best one. Uh -huh, that's, the, that's God's number, dude. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, yeah, I was, I was a little bit later on that side. I got hired there in January, so yeah. just before they did the Series A funding, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, man, from there, just watching small business owners, two entrepreneurial brothers that. We're able to take this company and again scale it, run it to where we're at now. It's like, it's just for me as an entrepreneur and as a salesman, man, it's next to none. Like, that's the stuff that you learn and gives you the confidence that when I am running my own business and this kind of stuff, like, it just, I know I have these people, these resources, right? I have this knowledge from seeing other people do it. So, it's uh, so cool. I didn't realize it was just small business dudes that were like, ah, it needs to exist. I'm going to create it. That's crazy. Yeah, and man. Navigating like funding rounds, that's to me, I, I, as a, personally, I don't think I'm there at a point yet where I would be able to comfortably raise tons of funds from like incredibly rich people. Yeah, man, they did it well too. They're uh, very great mentors, so very, very, very grateful I get to work with them too. Um, they're also one of those owners that like just because they're owners and did all this stuff doesn't mean they're untouchable. Like I'll hit my owners up all the time. I'm actually meeting with one of them tomorrow to help me with uh, uh, just an account that we're working that just needs some custom work. So they'll literally hop on calls. They're in the day-to-day. -day. They're like, whatever you need, man. They're still so involved in the business that it feels like small business, but now we're getting the big business resources. So it's uh, it's very nice to see. Damn, man. How many employees are you at now? Um, a little over 100. So we... Uh, I think you're really enjoying the company too. I am, man. Don't get me wrong. Just like every company, there's certainly some ups and downs that have taught me a lot. I've had to grow through a lot of stuff, but like, I am so grateful to be here. I get to basically create my own schedule, right? Take my demos. Um, I get residual income on my sales for 12 months, which is why I'm able to hit new, new tiers of income, like that kind of stuff. So dude, you, so your next year after just slinging this for the full year, your next year is going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm uh, shooting to hit 325 to 400 next year. That's so much money. <laughs> All relative though, it's all relative, man. Relative to who, bro? <laughs> myself to Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, man. I ain't got nothing. Uh, I, I, dude, all relative, man. They have too much, maybe. That's a different discussion. But geez, Louise, good for you, man. Three twenty-five to four hundred is. It's the goal, yeah. It's a lot of money, bro. That's like a that's a that's a whole house. You're just making a whole house in a year, if you yeah. want to. I'm assuming you're gonna do some Logan stuff and like. I am. I want to get more into real estate, right? Creating that passive stream of income. You going yeah. for apartments next, not houses? Um, Man, it's hard though. I want to get into the apartments, but it's just obviously interest rates and that kind of stuff now. It's like, I don't have that leverage and that capital to just go and buy 50-door apartment building, 100-door apartment building. So I do think I probably have to start with some more single-family homes. Um, I am looking at creating some other things as well, like get my own e-commerce business up and running since I'm so immersed in this space. Yeah. But really taking that money, creating those passive streams of income. That way I don't have to trade my time for money because even though sales is an accelerated way to trade your time for money and you can make more, I still at the end of the day got to take my demos, do my sales. So my bigger income is right taking that, setting up systems that pay me and then I can go back traveling, not worrying about money, right? That kind of stuff. Is that the end goal? Or you're just trying to be free so you just travel the world until you're out of, like you, you absorb all that culture until you're just a culture monster? <laughs> yes, that is part of it, man. 
my uh, ultimate end goal is um, it's the utmost freedom that I can chase fulfillment. So it's figuring out money now so that I don't again have to trade my time for money. Money's never an issue in my life. Once that's solved, then I want to take the next step. I want to free myself, like you said, immerse in those cultures, learn as much as I can, become the best version of myself. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I feel like what gives me fulfillment is helping people break out of their shell and expand to a new version of themselves. So just kind of like sales, right? I always use gap selling. I understand where you're currently at, where you want to be, and I sell the change in the middle, right? That's all sales is. I'm helping you make a change, helping you right, do whatever, getting yeah. information, right? But the same thing, I want to do that with people because I feel like people are so stuck in their lives. They operate in their subconscious. They do the same routine, the same rut. They're not actually progressing themselves, which is keeping them from being happy. So people are becoming miserable and then they end up being dicks, bricks, other people else because they got that energy, right? So um, I just feel like if I can get in a spot, a spot where I can do something like a spiritual retreatment center like I went to in Costa Rica, helping people understand and harness their breath, which is like such an underutilized thing. Um, but like that type of things, just breaking people past their shell to a new version of themselves. That's what I feel like gives me fulfillment. So ultimately, at that spot, that's where I want to be. So I want I want two folds in this question because my one question, my first question is, and you can answer them in whatever order you want. My first question: right. If you're if you're Logan and you can dream up any professional scenario moving forward, where you want to be professionally as a salesperson, where do you want to be? And then just obviously, you are not intending to be in sales forever. It's a skill set you're going to take. What is that end goal? business entrepreneurial wise because you have both those paths that i know are going to be taken i'm just interested in what order and where we're going to go yeah man um it's a great question i feel like with where i'm currently at um and don't get me wrong i feel like a lot of times your fulfillment your passion it can cor correlate to making that money but i feel like with where i'm at now i got to do whatever i can to solve that money issue out of my life first so money's literally not an issue and a thing if money is not a thing right where i want to go past that i think i could take two routes and hopefully i take both um, one of them is I'd love to take those sales skills and transition into more motivational speaking. So kind of like we were talking about, again, helping people understand where they're at, where they're stuck, selling that change on a mass scale or a mass stage, taking them to a better version of themselves that raises their energy, their frequency, their vibration. They live better lives ultimately is the goal. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to do something like that or get on the flip side, like doing something like a spiritual retreatment center or something that like really just shocks you, puts you in a state you're not used to, to help expand and evolve you into a better version of yourself. I've had a few ideas around how to do that. Um, one of them would include stuff like either really deep breathing. If I want to stay in the United States, keep it legal. If I'm able to go somewhere else, right? Something along the lines of ayahuasca, that kind of stuff. Again, those medicinal things that are again are designed to guide you and take you, right? You just got to create the right environment to let it do its work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like transitioning into something along those lines, I feel like would really give me fulfillment and just, you know, make me happy. Man. Like live a good life. That's so cool, bro. I was going to say, a motivational speaking, I feel like is a great. I think, yeah, I, like, I, I feel like you could take any, like I'm hyped to go do something now. I got to go change my <laughs> life or something, dude. I got to go. I don't even know. I'm going to find something to do. I'm going to go change it. I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. But, we are winding down. We don't want these to be too long, although I know I could talk to you for hours about this. <laughs> we're at we're at the crux. The crux of the pod, as some would say. All right. So, so now I want to know, because you gave us a bunch of keys to your success and exactly how you are, who you are, and where you're getting and how you're doing so well. So if we had to sum this up and you gave some like the biggest keys to your success. 
the biggest keys to like you know okay. becoming a Logan Quinette. Sure. What are those? I would say it starts in the morning, consistent morning routine. What yeah. that looks like for me is something like I wake up, I get right out of bed, I don't snooze my alarm, I don't stay in there, right? I don't touch my phone first 45 minutes of the day. So I typically get up, I go, I take a poop is what I do. I'll read my book with good educational content, something like that. But I do not touch my phone. Um, I typically get the dogs ready, make breakfast, that kind of stuff. And then um, I'll sit there and I'll actually meditate. So I'll sit there and I'll focus on my breathing for five minutes, which I feel like the biggest key to success that people just, it's a lost art is your art of breathing. Like yeah. if you feel anxious about a day or you have a huge meeting or you're meeting with someone super important, you're like anxious about it, man. Sit there five minutes, breathe deep through the nose, five second inhale, hold it, five sec, five to six second exhale. Always exhale just a little bit longer than that inhale is just at least what I do. There's always different techniques, but actually focusing on that breath and making myself centered for the day, right? What I want to get done. And then I'll actually journal. I'll say, hey, these are the top three, five things I want to get done for today. If I get these things done, it's a successful day. So I start my morning like that every single day, and then boom, I go and attack my day based on those key things I want to get done. But it's something that if you can set your morning up, you're going to set your days up. You set your days up, they're going to stack. That's what compounds and takes you to a different level to where you see that top rep. You're like, dude, what the hell? Like, I want to be like that. But all they're doing is every single day, one day at a time, they're just maximizing that. It's the only difference. But if you can get that done, man, you'll be ultra successful in whatever you do. Man, I'm glad I'm not your ICP because I would buy something from you. <laughs> I would, I would, I would be sold so hard, dude. It'd take you like all of four minutes to get my wallet and my credit card. I don't know. We'll care get what. you on soon enough, man. I'll get you somewhere. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to pay for anything right now. So. <laughs> so, Logan, last thing. Do you have any words, things you want to share before we call this call this a a, a good a good podcast? Man, I'd say. Just keep a good mindset with anything you do. That positivity is always, it's immeasurable, right? That energy, that frequency, even if you don't see it coming back, keep putting it out there, it will come back to you. Um, but okay. just have fun, man, whatever you do. And I appreciate you having me on here. Of course, dude, this was a wonderful call. I feel like you are someone that needs to be highlighted. In this <laughs> format. I think you are a shining star of a salesperson and you are always have impressed me. And if I ever had an influx of cash, I would give it to you and say, make something of it. <laughs> so, so thank you, Logan, for coming.